0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: 60 wins for the Phoenix Suns through 74 games. 60 wins. Franchise record, 62. They've hit 60 wins with a dominating win. I wouldn't say dominating. It was a dominating fourth quarter win for the Phoenix Suns as they defeat the Denver Nuggets in Denver by a final score of 140 to 130, Matthew. What a fantastic fourth again by the Phoenix Suns and a reminder to any basketball team out there that if you start celebrating like Bones Highland was doing in the second quarter, The Phoenix Suns will dominate your soul. Yeah, two big games in a row, right? I mean, even the Wolves
2: game—it was a big game. The Wolves have been on a roll. We we punished them tonight. The Nuggets MVP Jokic versus MVP Book. We punished them. Like this is this is just a trend. This is something that you know I I can't get enough of. I sit there laughing my ass off. I'm like, oh yeah, and Chris Paul plays for the Suns. I forgot. He comes back tonight <laughs> to add to it hitting free throws at the end of the game. I'm just sitting here watching him hit those free throws and just laughing to myself like, dude, these, this is just crazy. It's out of control how good this team
1: is right now. Absolutely. And it's something that, again, should be appreciated, should be admired. To It should be celebrated day to day. We, as Suns fans, we aren't allowed to have nice things. And right now we have something that's more than nice, and we should appreciate that. To your yeah. point. Chris Paul comes back tonight crisp Paul because he looked ever so crisp in his return tonight and again assisted in the capacity that he needed to didn't play too many minutes Monty Williams I felt did a fantastic job about managing those minutes. But we're going to talk about that and much, much more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So thank you for joining us, Jamsters. If you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. If you're on Twitter, retweet. Let everyone else know where you're hanging out this evening. If you happen to be watching this a little bit later on YouTube, again, hit that thumbs up button and hit the little bell notification. It's going to let you know whenever we go live, which is after every Suns game. You can hit the join button as well, so you can become an elite jamster where you can get exclusive content that is meant for your eyes only. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. We truly appreciate it. Let everyone know where the best post game podcast on Planet Orange is. Matthew, this is one of those nights I know that yesterday, even over, it was a dramatic and impressive victory for the Phoenix Suns over the Minnesota Timberwolves. There was something about tonight where I I, just—I'm grabbing a nice cold beer. I'm gonna—I'm gonna pop a beer open. Gotta do it, dude. You know, I mean, you you got the—you got the beautifully orange, uh, uh, shirt on the sun shirt, such ever so fly. (sighs) So I mean, this—this is worth celebrating. This was a great two-game road trip for the Phoenix Suns, (laughs) both winning in dramatic fashion. So I'm gonna pop it if I got it. What are you drinking?
2: Yeah, you pop it because you got it. I don't got it. I just got a water. That's it. All right.
1: Well, cheers, Suns fans. That's the sound of victory, baby. Cheers to sixty. 140 to 130 the phoenix suns defeat the denver nuggets in denver although it kind of sound like a Suns home game a lot of round numbers in this one 10 assists for devin booker and he was one shy of 50 it would have been nice to have him have 50 points and 10 assists but you know what i got a different question for you matthew
3: matthew i got to ask
1: I've got to ask, is this the most satisfying two-game road trip in the history of the Phoenix Suns, or at least this season? As they go to, to Minnesota, see a team get all, you know, feeling themselves, being excited, and then they crush their souls. And then the next night, they go to Denver, and the same thing happens. It's almost a blueprint of the night before, where the opposing team gets extremely hot from beyond the arc through the first three quarters, and then the Suns, once again, crush their soul.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of factors going into it. Um these two games I was nervous before the Wolves game I was nervous. I mean if you were to ask, you know, anybody, will the Suns win both these games? I bet you half the people, maybe more, would say they would split them because it's two good teams right now that they're facing back to back. But it went totally opposite. You know those mm-hmm. teams they think they thought they had a chance in the majority of the team majority of the game. But then when it came down to five minutes It was over, but also, man, the way Book, and we'll get into him, I've never seen him play the way he's playing right now, ever. And I didn't expect that back to back games, especially with Chris Paul coming back. Book's gonna stay on the floor, finish it off for the Suns. I just there's something that they did in these two games that just confirmed to me, like all around, they're they're just they're ready. Chris Paul comes back. Doesn't matter. They don't miss a step offensively and defensively. They just killed two good teams right now in the yes. West. And let's just see where where it goes from here, man. I don't. I mean, there's a few more games left in the season, but they're ready for the playoffs.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they're primed. They're ready. And I think that you see that kind of across the board with every player that you mention. You talk about Devin Booker. He's he's in a zone right now. I mean, that's apparent. The MVP talk that's surrounding him, although we know it's not going to result in any. MVP trophy for him, we know it will result in some votes. And I think that's respectable unto itself. I mean, if if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season, that Devin Booker would end the season with MVP votes, uh, I'd be impressed. And I'd say you're probably full of it because I didn't think it would actually happen. Uh, But I definitely think that the, the zone that he is in coupled with the way that this team plays in the fourth quarter is something that, I mean, other teams and other fan bases look at what happens and, They're frustrated, and we know what that's like because we've played against teams that just crush your soul in the fourth quarter. You look at the Phoenix Suns play in the fourth relative to the entire NBA throughout the entire season. They are the top point getter in the fourth quarter. They average 28.7 points in the fourth. They shoot 50 percent, 49.9 percent from the field, which is second only to the Chicago Bulls in the fourth quarter. Uh, from a three point stand, standpoint, you know they don't do it with a ton of threes. They're ninth overall in three pointers made in the fourth quarter, but they kill you obviously from that mid range and from the free throw uh, or from the free throw line. I mean, in the fourth, again, a, a team that just knows how to navigate that space and takes advantage of every possession. There, there, there was actually two possessions in a row where it was a launched Chris Paul three and then the air ball by Booker that would have gave him 50. Those were like two of the worst possessions I've seen from the Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter in a long, long time. And I think the reason they did it is because they were so far ahead.
2: Yeah, and also, th- that was the one thing missing from this game was that three from Book to get 50. Yes, If he hits that, this is the ultimate like Suns regular season game, the ultimate Booker game. I don't care how many points he scored. I've never seen him play this way, but that one three that Doncic does on a regular basis yeah. where he'll just airball a three in and cr- and crunch time, that's what he does. Booker had to try it out. He had to give it a shot, and he missed it. He's like, oh, this is what it feels like to be Doncic. So now he knows... And also, the Suns know how to blue ball the uh, the fans a lot too. The (laughs) fans get so excited, right? They're all into it. You know, they're paying more money for beer because they're actually staying till the third quarter. I mean, the Nuggets, yeah, they've been playing good, but honestly, that team itself, because of Jokic, has been playing well. But I just I don't think they've really had these kind of games there, right? Where the fans are staying to the end, mostly our Suns fans. Mm -hmm. But Suns, they're doing this now. It must be something to where, you know, when you watch um, Love at First Sight. When these when these couples don't really even like each other, but the producers like, hey, can you just act like it so we can get a few more episodes in? Yeah, like stick it out, stick it out. That's what the Suns are doing. I feel like with these teams, let them let them have their fun and we'll kill them in the end.
1: Well, and again, kind of to that point, you know, for the Denver Nuggets and for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Suns are a measuring stick. Just like for every other team in the NBA. I mean, the way that the the Phoenix Suns are dominating the NBA right now, uh, even with Memphis win this evening over the Pacers, the Suns are uh, nine games above them. And with this game, they've clinched the best record in the Western Conference uh, with nine games to go. I mean, that unto itself is unbelievably impressive. Uh, But what what they're doing right now is a standard that they set, to your point, is so it, it, it's what teams want to say. Okay, who who are we and where do we stand against this team? Because the Suns, they don't take nights off. They're not taking any possessions off. No, they're going to grind because it's truly and utterly in their DNA. And I I apologize because I always go back to five years ago and what happened five years ago tonight. Devin Booker oh, seventy points, points.
2: doesn't seem like it's longer before yeah. like
1: this seems like a long time ago it's just it, it's it seems like a long time ago and it seems like yesterday and that's how five years you know works in this world yeah. but five years ago today devin booker went for 70 and we lost that game and that was a season in which the phoenix suns would utilize other teams as a measuring stick and we as fans would sit there and watch the game and go okay that's what we want to be like and now whether other fans want to admit it or not it's a fact and you see it when you go into the denver subreddit I lived in the Denver subreddit today just to kind of see what they were saying about the Suns. And I think it's a new hobby I have because it's easier to do than like SB Nation. Uh, So I go to the Suns or the Nuggets subreddit and I start to get some really interesting feedback about uh, their perception of the game and what's going on with Devin Booker. So, you know, here's one thing that they said. I'm going to go through a few of these and we're going to talk about them. Then we'll go more into the, you know, breaking down Devin Booker's performance, breaking down eight and everybody. Uh, But one of the first thing is, that the Denver fan, Denver fans said on Reddit, Aiden is the only likable guy on the team. Thoughts on that? Oh, that's good thoughts I have on
2: that. Well, it might be not good thoughts for the opposing teams, but I feel like the Suns are turning into the villains of the league. And I Without think a Booker, doubt. Booker right now... If you want to talk about Kobe, I think he's going around he's doing his best Kobe version of like, you're going to fucking hate me by this game. You're not going to want to see me again. You don't want me back here in this arena because I'm going to do the same thing I'm doing tonight. It's just I'm going to kick your ass. And that's what Booker's doing. He's letting him know the shit talking, everything that's, you know, kind of just it goes on during the game. You don't notice it's coming out in the open now from Booker. I feel like he's just bringing it out. He's blossoming basically all the shit talk out there for the world to see. And he's very obnoxious right now, but I love it. It's kind of like a Kobe thing. And I think he knows he needs to have that to get to that
1: MVP status. Yeah, that's he the edge, right? That. That's yeah. the edge. And he's he understands that. And, and it's always been in Devin Booker's DNA to have that edge, to have that ferocity. And now he's embracing it and utilizing the uh, comments being spewed by the fans' courtside as fuel. And you saw that throughout this game. He was yelling at the fans and he was also giving high fives to Suns fans who were courtside. And I mean, it was just kind of this uh, entire smorgasbord of Devin Booker interaction. And as I go through some of these Reddit comments, yeah, obviously a lot had to do with Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. It's like Alberto Sauce says in the chat. Book's D was massive tonight, and he's talking about more than just his defense. And Mansour Pro, one of our loyal jamsters who listens all the way from France, says, can we say that Devin Booker is taking the MVP critics personal? Uh, I would say without a doubt on both. His, his, his D was huge tonight, <laughs> and he, yeah. he does, again, the motivation is layered. It's layered from the critics, and, and he's on Twitter. He's interacting about these things. There's no secret that Devin Booker is aware of the narratives around him. And he's taken to Twitter and responding, you know, and at the same time, he's interacting with fans courtside. And then again, if you're in the Denver subreddit, some of the things that they say is uh, Booker is an overrated bitch boy. Now, this Mm -hmm. is Reddit. You're going to get these kind of comments. Here's another uh, really aggressive one. Devin Booker is the result of what happens when you don't beat your kids. Beat your kids, everyone. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? That's read what that one <laughs> Hey, I'm reading. This is That's I read it right. Up, this is from Weird Red Beard on Reddit. Oh, Give it,
2: I, I pictured a guy with a red beard saying that.
1: I, you, totally, <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. and here's and here's another. You know, look. Uh, does Devin Booker ever sit? Mm. And I thought that was an interesting observation from the opposing team because they felt like, and, and obviously in a game in which Devin Booker goes for 49 points and 10 assists. You're going to question that. It's like, does this guy ever sit down? Mm -hmm. But that just goes to show you kind of the engagement that Devin Booker has on the second night of a back-to-back. He goes and scores 49 points in 38 minutes, 16 of 25 from the field. So 49 points, 25 field goal attempts. That's unbelievably efficient. Two for five from three, 15 of 17 from the free throw line. Those 10 assists that I mentioned earlier and four assists. What a night by Devin Booker
2: and he knows that they have the two days coming off, or the two days off coming up so it's give it your all you're going head to head against Jokic and his PR person is probably telling him like hey book if you want the respect you're going to have to start doing this stuff on the court and off the court tweeting even more i just think that's probably something someone said to him maybe if not i don't know i'm probably blown out of proportion like i always do but the way he played tonight is just like yeah we have two days off so I'm just giving my all, and I'm going to go head-to-head to Jokic. That one play in the third where Jokic had the ball, Booker got fouled, fell on the floor, got back up, took the ball from Jokic, and the alley for from eight, that just shows like the last two games from Booker. That's how he's been playing, just all out. He knows where the ball is at all times now. It feels like he's around the ball all the time. He's grabbing it from people. He heard the late in ESPN say he's not a two-way player. He plays the best defensive game of his life, even though this year he's improved so much. So, yes, he notices those things. And he takes it out on the players he's playing against. So thank you for just whatever that PS was on ESPN. I don't know if you saw it. Yes. Uh, with Matt Barnes standing yes. there, just like, what are you fucking talking about? He's like, well, not a two way what, what player. She,
1: well, she, yeah, I, I forget who the lady was providing the analysis and trying to break down her case as to why Devin Booker shouldn't be considered for MVP. Uh, part of her part of her argument was one that he's not a two way player. Matt Barnes is sitting there like, what? Yeah. And the, the other comment she made was uh Devin Booker's not a top 10 scorer in the NBA he's number 11 yeah like and after tonight he might be number 10 so if you're going to use that argument you you might want to have a little bit more of a, a gap between the top 10 and where Devin Booker sits relative to said top 10 that was kind of a ridiculous comment it
2: was and also she said um that you know you can stop Booker I want an MVP that can't be stopped. Well, Jokic got stopped tonight by Aiden. Booker, no one can stop him. Hitting the craziest shots tonight. So, I don't know. We'll see see how uh, the Embiid and the Sixers play against this team. Right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, we got the Sixers up next, so we'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, A couple other comments from Reddit relative to Devin Booker. Uh, Man, if the Suns had rested Booker, Aiden, and Bridges like they should be doing, and the Nuggets brought this effort, we would have been up by 40 points. And Mm -hmm. I love that because it just goes to show you, it's like, well, this is what they should be doing. Well, Mm -hmm. welcome to Phoenix Suns basketball where we don't do what you should be doing. When I wrote the preview for the game against Minnesota yesterday for Bright Side of the Sun, my final comment was something along the lines of, the, you, 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 Oh God, what was it? I'm, <laughs> fuck, I, <laughs> you know, brain, did you hear my brain fart? I'm like, yeah, it's not like electricity, <laughs> but it was something along the lines, like, you know, uh, everything's telling us that the, the sun should lose, lose this game, but the suns don't care about those kind of feelings, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. and, and that's who they are. They're a team that doesn't care about your feelings, about the narrative, about what they should be doing. There's a reason why they're 60 and 14 and just thrashing the NBA. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, It's definitely a tough task that lies ahead of us when you look at the schedule. And that's why I felt it was very important that they win this game. Get that 60. I didn't want to be stuck on 59 the way we were stuck on 49. I think we had like a a two-game losing streak when we were stuck on 49 and <laughs> it, it, it was looks just, so much better, right? <laughs> yes. It, you, know, yeah. you know, but as David Wigton says in the chat, he says they are inevitable. The fourth quarter yes. Suns are inevitable. You saw it again tonight, 36 points for the Phoenix Suns to the 24 of the Denver nuggets. Uh, If math serves me correctly, they entered that fourth quarter down by two and win the game by
2: 10. Matthew. Yeah. And they are, they're still undefeated entering the fourth, right? With the mm-hmm. lead. You know, and the way that they went into the fourth, I wasn't too nervous, really. The only thing is, like, you know, the way they were playing defense the whole game was kind of just let the Nuggets do what they want. I don't know if that was to tire them out or just get it out. Of all get all of that out of the way. Then when you enter the fourth quarter, step it up, hit those screens a little bit harder, play a little bit more defense. But I mean, Booker was the only one going full throttle. I think the whole game defensively, yes. offensively. But it honestly didn't matter because even when Book hit the bench, you know, McHale stepped up to hit a big three. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, even Shaman the second hit a couple big shots. So and Jay Crowder, of course, you know, yeah. hitting three threes in a row. Like that yeah. fucker, Like <laughs> boom, 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 <laughs> he, boom, he boom. Was, he, he was stealing Shaman's shine from last game. <laughs> so it's just it's one of those things where you're you're heading into the fourth and you know it's coming. Who Where is it coming from? And you forget Chris Paul's back, and then he's he's hitting the a little mid-range too to help Booker out, but it didn't matter, man. Like them getting to the line in the end, too, with, yes. with Chris Paul hitting those and just drawing the fouls. And then you just see the difference between this Suns team and other teams that can't contain themselves, that make the dumb mistakes in the, the games. And the Suns are just they're pretty much flawless. Like you said, that Booker shot from three that was an air ball. That mm-hmm. was probably the worst play
1: I've seen in a long time. Yeah, this whole season. Well, what was impressive in that fourth quarter is Devin Booker's out there. He's sitting on forty-seven points, and rather than forcing a three, which he ultimately did force, I mean, he, but he forced the three when the Suns were up by eight. So he hits that three; it becomes the fiftieth point and the dagger in the game. It's the highlight yeah. that Devin Booker doesn't have. It's been a while since we've had a you know the Devin Booker turnaround jumper to win the game over Chris Paul, or uh, I'm sorry Paul George and Kawhi Leonard moment. It's been a while since that's happened. He hits that shot, that's what that moment is. But for quite a few possessions prior to that, in order to get the Suns up eight, it was Devin Booker who had the ball and Devin Booker who assisted on a three-pointer to Mikhail Bridges and then a three-pointer by Jay Crowder. It was Devin Booker in those moments who where he could have been selfish. He could have gone for the highlight. It could have been shades of Booker ball back in his third season with the Phoenix Suns, but no, he allowed the yeah. defense to collapse on him. He made the right pass. I mean, the 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 Uh, three by, I think it was Mikael Bridges was unbelievable. Booker went on the right or went down the right side, went up, saw two defenders in his face and made an amazing pass to a wide open Mikael Bridges who sinks the three. That was a massive three at that point. That's the one point of the game where uh, I was just like, dude, this is what we're seeing from Devin Booker. Again, will it garner MVP attention or not? I don't know if I necessarily care. I'll write about it for Brightside. I'll talk about it on Twitter. Uh, But at the end of the day, like I know what I see and that, last 5 minutes personified what an mvp is he's not the guy who goes down and scores 20 points to end the game for a team like lebron always tries to do he's the guy who facilitates his his team to a victory and devin booker did that this evening in denver
2: yeah and his teammates were basically just surrounding him just waiting for booker to make the play and so many times in the past book would go down on the baseline get stuck and just turn the ball over these passes they're 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 crisp they're perfect like, they're LeBron James-type passes that he's throwing cross-court to, like, a Mikhail Bridges, uh, whoever. Like, he can see the court now in the half-court game so much better than he ever has. When he's, like, stuck in the double-team in the corner, like, I feel like he's going to find somebody. And mm-hmm. just like the last game where he had that off-the-glass pass to Mikhail Bridges, that was ridiculous. That's never ha- I've never seen yes. that. I think it happened once a while ago. But he just threw it off the glass for Mikael to get and put it in. That was an assist. So yep. these are things that Booker's really making sure that he can, you know, he he's just making sure that the defense has to think even more when he has the ball. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be just, you know, the little jump shot. It's not going to be a little fadeaway. They have to pay attention to what else is going around them. And it's just too much now for defenses to even, like,
1: comprehend. And again, you know, it's the way that he, I, I, I think you make a valid point there. You know, the way that he is navigating it He's burning the defenses, and mm. we saw it. I think that was disappointing. In the I think it was the last time the Suns lost because I think this is what six in a row for Phoenix. Correct me if I'm not if I'm wrong, James. Oh yeah, it's, it's like the longest, row. yeah, longest one streak. No, okay, Matthew. Yeah, uh, no, like cur- currently, currently. Oh yeah, in the NBA, of course. But I think in our last loss, when we crumbled in the last five minutes, there was a couple. It's when uh, I forget what team it was. Seven they, games. Seven Daniel. games. So is, right, yeah, yeah, seven in a row. Who was our last loss? Uh, I don't know. Oh. It's Awkward, um, well, whoever it was, the Bucks was it the Bucks no. who blitzed? No,
2: no, it was uh, something. who do we lose? It was, before? I don't know, I can look it up.
1: Well, there was a team that blitzed Devin Booker twice in the last five minutes, which led to two turnovers, and then we ultimately lost that game. So, you know, again, he's showing the maturity, and when he is blitzed, when the Denver Nuggets tried to blitz him he passed out of those situations. David Ray asks in the chat, what was Devin Booker's scoring by quarter? Uh, he had 17 in the first quarter, seven in the second quarter. In the third quarter, he put up a big dick, 19 points. And then in the fourth quarter, he only scored six. I mean, this is a night where if Devin Booker could have gone for 60. He really could have. But it was Mikhail Bridges who took over in the fourth quarter from an offensive standpoint and assisted this team to victory. Mikhail Bridges, 12 minutes played in the fourth quarter, five for five from the field, two for two from beyond the arc and three for three from the free throw line. He was perfect in that fourth quarter. And the one play where I screamed aloud and I dropped one, you know, one of my big clapping F-bombs in my living room was the play where they passed the ball in and he slipped Bones Highland and went in for the dunk. And that led to an and one. That was the cherry on top of the Sunday for me. And that's what, again, hanging out in Denver Nuggets Reddit this evening. Man, that pissed them off, man. That's it. All game, they're talking you know, <laughs> about Bones Highland, right? And Bones Highland, as well they should. The kid played fantastic tonight. You and I were kind of big on Bones in the draft. He was a guy yeah. who potentially could have come to the Phoenix Suns had we kept the, the what, 28th pick instead of trading it to the the – uh, Brooklyn Nets with Javon Carter for Landry Shamet. We were big fans of Bones. And you look at what he ended up doing tonight. He ended up scoring a total of Bones Island 23 points, 23 points for Bones. And the funny thing that I saw on Denver Nuggets uh, Reddit, and one of the things that kind of hurts my feelings, because I wish he was a part of our organization, is they were talking about how Bones was giving them boners. And I just thought it was really funny <laughs> oh, because I'm a child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I is but, it weird? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I've never thought about that nickname. I was yeah. reading it. They're, they're, they're like boner. I got a boner. And they're like, you know, the sons are getting boned and things like that. I'm like, oh, man, this is hilarious. Damn, you know, dude. but as Ben, as ben Wark says <laughs> in the chat, Bridges completely torched bones on that one. He boned them good. He did, and like I feel like these Nuggets fans have to take the day off
2: tomorrow after this one. This was like like the Super Bowl or something. It was it a big like one for him. It's a big one because of the Suns in four, and the Suns fans at the end were, were chanting, let's go Suns. It should have been Suns in four, right? That was the <laughs> one thing I'm like, you got to make missed. sure that that happens. Um, but, you know, DA and all of them, they're all used to this, the environment. Like DA said in the last press conference after last game, you know, we're used to this. We're used to going – Into arenas and the fans going nuts. Maybe they're not, but we are. You know what I mean? Because that's what they do now in the NBA. They just go around, cause a lot of ruckus in a big circus, right? It's like a big circus act right now, man. But a good one. Not harming
1: animals. It it really is. I mean, it's... (laughs) Harming animals. I mean, it's just... It's unbelievably impressive. And again, the efforts put forth by Mikael Bridges in the fourth. You saw the defense for the Nuggets go, okay... Denver Booker, Devin Booker has 43 points through three quarters. We've got to stop this guy. And so as they did, that's where you saw Devin Booker really start to step up. And, and as I mentioned earlier, get his teammates involved. You know, four of his assists came in the fourth quarter. Four of his 10 came in the fourth. And a lot of those went to Mikael Bridges. Uh, Mikael Bridges continues to take what the defense gives him and goes uh, against the narratives that he's just a defensive player and is just looking again, fantastic. And another weapon that people recognize for his defensive capability, but he showcased in the fourth, how deadly he can be from the field as well.
2: Yeah. Just that big three though, that you talked about earlier, Um, That was huge. And he steps up. And honestly, a lot of the energy that he usually has in the antics, I feel like he's had of late. That's what was Booker. Booker's been doing that lately. So maybe they're switching on and off. You can't have it too much, right? You Mm -hmm. can't have Mikael going crazy and Cameron Payne and Booker. So it was Booker's night tonight to just be the center of attention.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Looking at Deion Drayton, yes, he's got a drop coming. Watch. After scoring a career high yesterday, and I was wrong. I thought that 38 was his career high. I thought it was a season high, so I correct myself here on the podcast. After scoring a (laughs) career high last night against Carl Anthony Towns, he has the task of taking on Nikolai Jokic. Uh, Puts in a respectable 16-7. and Nothing crazy, but still, during stretches of the game, especially that second quarter, DeAndre Ayton scored half of his points in the second quarter. That's the quarter in which the Denver Nuggets outscored the Suns by only two points. Uh, they were, but they were eight from eleven from beyond the arc. And a big part of the Suns' survival during that quarter was feeding DA, getting him involved, and just, you know, they're hitting us with all of these threes. He's like, listen, I'll go. You know, the Suns were like, hey, we'll just we'll take the open shot and we'll just put points on the board. Uh, what did you see from DA tonight, especially in a game where he's going against the defending? most valuable player in the league um i feel like the only way to really make it
2: work against da and crucial moments in the game is to use your elbow and get around him that one foul that they called on da but it was basically Jokic wrapping his elbow around just to get around them that just shows you that's what you have to do to get around this guy like eric gordon was having a huge game tonight he really was yeah. against against juice and juice couldn't do anything Honestly, the only guy that could stop him was DeAndre Ayton. So that just shows his versatility. He can guard Jokic. He can guard. Is it Eric Gordon? Am I saying that right? Aaron. A- Aaron Gordon. Why am I saying Eric Gordon? You're thinking was...
1: of the, the guy for the Rockets who everybody wanted to play for the oh. Suns. <laughs> <Lions. laughs>
2: yeah. So Gordon would, you know, take him to the rim and him and Booker were going back and forth too, talking a lot. And then DA is just can shut him down. In a game like this, you know that. DA is gonna stop these guys, right? And we talked mm-hmm. about last pod where I felt like MB's a little limited to help his team get the big win. And uh, Jokic can do it. But in a game like this, where you're playing against Aiden, what can Jokic do other than throw the ball behind his head, no look passes all day against Aiden to help his team win? You know what I mean? Because Aiden can guard him inside, outside. Jokic just that big three at the end of the game to kind of mm-hmm. cut the lead to about seven or six points or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's just like desperation. I'm the way Aiden takes these guys out of games, that's just, that's what he is. And that's why I'm, I can't wait till the playoff starts. That's what people are going to notice. They have noticed before, but it's just like, that's why these guys that are going to be MVP candidates, it's like, yo, Jokic, yeah, best player on the team, but what is he doing in big games? He can't beat the Suns. And mm-hmm. what, what's M going to do? I mean, MB is, of course, going to get his points. But let's see, crunch time, what can he do against Aiden? Let's, well, I We'll find Dude, out on Sunday, in, my in friend. It means about eight feet tall, but <laughs> it might be a different little, different uh, little matchup.
1: Well, kind of to your point. I mean, the way that DeAndre Ayton plays defense is he's fundamentally sound. He doesn't bite on any. Nikola Jokic is a guy who lives by getting guys up in the air. He's got a great pump fake and and head fake, and typically yeah. when he plays against centers, that gets him up in the air, and then he's at the line every time. And he gets frustrated by Da, and you saw it tonight. And this is a reminder to everybody who watches this podcast last week i was talking about how Nikolai jokic is on my top 5 uh, guys who just need to shut the fuck up and he's on that list for me right and the reason he's on that list for me is because of things he did tonight he flails you know like yeah. he, whenever he looks for when whenever a foul is called he looks at the ref and he looks out he looks at them like he just found out he, they lost he lost his dog in a fire He does this kind of like (laughs) and he puts his hands on his head and he's just like, oh, my God, what the, you know, I'm like, that's why he just needs to shut the fuck up sometimes. And obviously, uh, you know, played very well tonight. He was nine for 10 from the field. But to your point, DeAndre Ayton took him out of his game uh, with his physicality throughout the entire game. And ultimately, the guy who everyone's talking about for MVP ends with 28 and 11, but he leaves with the loss. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. And I'll tell you what, 60 games for the Phoenix Suns, 60 wins. You got to have the Suns geek on, right? You (laughs) got to have the Suns geek on, right, to celebrate this one. How you doing, Brandon? Besides being on mute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: fantastic,
1: man. Life is so
3: good. Phoenix Suns got 60 wins. Best team in the NBA by far. And uh, man, this team is just—it doesn't even surprise me anymore. Like last season, I couldn't really like fully process how great like winning basketball was, and now it's like it—it just doesn't surprise me anymore. Does that make sense? Um, It's—it's just incredible to watch each and every single night. Even you know, like in yesterday's game against the Timberwolves, like the first half, I didn't think we were really going to win. Then we ended up scoring a forty-two point fourth quarter. And if you guys hear some weird noises in the background, it's so my dog's uh, going crazy. I know, not hear anything. What <laughs> up, puppies? <laughs> yeah.
2: So,
4: yeah,
3: life is good. Sons of the best team in the NBA.
2: Wait, you thought they might lose? I'm just joking. That happens to me sometimes, too, a little bit, but then they're just like, you know, there's no way they're going
1: to lose these games. Come on. Oh,
3: God, I might have to go on mute again.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm with you. You know, there, there were moments in this game where I'm like, okay, this could be a loss. You know, but again, you know that, when the fourth quarter comes around and we were only down two points, you're like, oh, okay, boom, too, bo- too easy. Here's here's a couple fun stats for both of you gentlemen. One, that's seven games in a row the Phoenix Suns have scored over 125 points. Seven games in a row. I think the la- they said the last time it had happened with a team doing that six games in a row was like the 1991 Blazers, a team that had Clyde Drexler on it and a young Cliff Robinson and Terry Porter and a, and – uh, I mean, so that alone is impressive. That's 30 years. And this is only the fourth time in the Phoenix Suns history in which they've won 60 or more games. They won 62 in 1992 93. The 04 05 Suns won 62. And the 06-07 Suns won 61 games. So 60 wins tonight for the Phoenix Suns, 140 points. Uh bow down, League. Let us and you know what? We're going to enjoy this tonight,
2: you know, because yeah, we're going to go yeah. out and we're going to get our ass just kicked like by Philly on Sunset. On no, Sunday. no way. No way. I think that, you know, uh, we were talking about, I feel like this whole pod should be about Booker because I feel like the whole season, he's always been, you know, we have the drop for him, but we don't talk about him as much. But, mm-hmm. like, today I feel like even if you want to go on your Booker your Booker rant, just give us your takes, man. Like, is he just a different guy now? Like, it just seems different, right, the last two games?
3: <laughs> okay i'm gonna try to get through this if my dogs allow me to but uh <laughs> that's why i'm like kind of looking off in different directions they're but happy yeah. we
1: won 60 games yeah, i feel
2: them
3: you know before i joined this amazing sons podcast which everyone needs to go hulk smash the like button right now by the way um i was gonna make a video reacting to the terrible espn thing that went viral today mm-hmm. on how devin booker is not the most you know important player on the team and his play style isn't like steph curry and He's not throwing down flashy dunks and everything. Mm -hmm. Devin Booker is an MVP candidate. Kyrie Irving just tweeted moments ago that he is the MVP of the league. Players know it. Get the players on the national media stage. Get players on the Suns Jam Session podcast to tell the league how it is. Devin Booker is just insane. He just is growing before our eyes. And, you know, I'm actually rocking my uh, 70-point Devin Booker shirt from (laughs) five years ago. And there was a little bit – there was kind of a momentum going in this game where you're like, could he get maybe like 60 at one point? Now, he obviously cooled down in the fourth quarter, but 49 49 points, season high. I just – I could go on and on about Devin Booker. And also, as you guys both know, he's doing it offensively, defensively, assists per game. He is just doing it all. He plays with so much passion. Special teams. Let's just go on a whole podcast about Devin Booker.
1: I mean, yeah, it's just—it's amazing to see how he consistently defies uh, the national narrative. And that's, you know, we we were talking about that same video a little bit earlier, Suns Geek, where it's just kind of asinine that you're, well, he doesn't make flashy threes. He doesn't have... He doesn't have, you know, flashy dunks. Like, you know, it's like oh oh that's what an MVP is? Embarrassing. It's like that's what the All-Star game is for, for three-pointers and dunks, exactly. okay? So, do you think you all the be. guys
3: in the 1970s and 60s were doing all that? No, they were the best player on their team and, you know, it Yeah. He does zero.
2: Totally right. ESPN is shit. I don't even know why we even look into that because it's just planned out talk,
1: but also Chris I'm Paul's coming back that. and I was thinking Dude. like maybe hey, we'll- can I play the drop because it's been a while since we played it, Matthew? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: the gone. Six minutes into the podcast, and we're just now recognizing. Chris I know Paul. <laughs> that's I how great this team, of a game of Devin
2: Booker was. That's how great this team is. You forget who's on the team, I mean, Cameron Johnson. Um, but yeah, he's back. So I was like, maybe that hurts. Um, I'm just gonna talk about it for the rest of the season. Devin Booker's MVP chances, because uh, it might it might happen. Who knows? Um, Chris Paul's back, so I'm like, that might hurt it. But just to see that Chris Paul might not even be playing that many minutes till the playoffs starts, like that's gonna help him too, because Cameron Payne can he can fill him for him like fantastically, like he has been the last few games that when Chris Paul's missed everything, missed those games. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, does this hurt Booker's chances? I don't think it is, dude. I don't think it does because if if Chris Paul is putting up like his 13 and 13 numbers like he did tonight, like that's, that's not something that's like, you know, that's going to help your team win. that's overshadowing Booker's doing on the floor because what Booker's doing right now, he's just, he's controlling the team himself. He's the focal point. He's the leader of this team. We always said he's the best player on this team. He hasn't really been that leader in how he is right now. I feel like I just want to, that's the feelings I'm getting from these last few games.
3: I just think it's good experience for Devin Booker too, because obviously he had to take on that workload while Chris Paul was out. And I know you guys saw Chris Paul in his suit, you know, when he was on the bench and stuff. He looked like a coach out there. I got yeah, he did. He's going right be. there. But my point Didn't being is that him. Devin Booker, he already knew what to do. He carried this team for what, like five years. But now having an MVP or not, you know, a, <laughs> a hall, hall of Famer. famer. Like Chris, yeah, thank you, Hall of Famer like Chris Paul on this team. That's just a second coach in your ear. And uh, just so many years of experience, and Devin Booker is just gaining all that knowledge. My dog says hi. Sorry for the weirdness. What numbers. up, puppy?
1: <laughs> but at, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> part part of the narrative has really flipped. That shitty take on ESPN today, Isaiah Thomas saying it a couple days ago that he's the MVP. Him coming out and performing the way that he did these past two games, especially a night like tonight, where statistically, forty nine points on twenty five shots, ten assists and they win uh, over the Denver Nuggets in, in the fashion in which it occurred. Then, as you mentioned, Kyrie Irving is now tweeting it out. So there's still tw- three weeks left in the season. So the Suns still have nine games. still about three weeks left in the season. That's plenty of time for a narrative to switch. Will it switch enough to where Nikolai Jokic or uh, Joel Embiid lose their stronghold on the MVP? We've already started them s- both kind of see them kind of slip relative to Giannis's uh, performance and his name is being mentioned a little bit more. But Devin Booker is getting some people are now talking about. It. That's the difference. People weren't talking it's only Suns fans were talking about it. Now you have a lot of the national pundits at least acknowledging that his name is somewhere in there and they're just, and they're trying to give you their reasons why. And, and it's funny seeing on Twitter people, you know, they'll make the statements like so many people that were referencing and have always stood on the corner of Devin Booker is a looter in a riot he is a good player on a bad team and they want, they people are too afraid to admit they were wrong. And so they'll, they'll, they'll stay standing on that corner until Devin Booker comes driving by in a Ferrari and runs them over on his way to get to the arena. And that's what he's doing right now to all of the narratives that are out there. Anything you can say about Devin Booker, he's proving it wrong by his play. He shows it on the court, his efficiency, his tenacity, his competitiveness, uh, and his willing to lead a team, to the to, to 60 wins
0: yeah
3: john sorry to cut you off man and thank you to flex from jersey our guy for retweeting this but john Morant just tweeted y'all gonna start respecting yeah book.
2: and it's like exploding right now on twitter yep. as i'm watching that was, know, perfect, got like segue.
3: that was like a perfect segue <laughs> to what you just said john <laughs> another yeah, case
2: it, it is another case too for booker is that he would never allow demarcus cousins to play crucial minutes in a game to sway, like DeMarcus Cousins comes in and basically just kills any Nuggets chance they have. So Booker doesn't allow that to happen on his team. That's another reason to why he I know, I know, you team.
3: guys saw yeah. Bismack Biombo not flinch at him when he yeah. almost chucked the ball. <laughs> and I like, thought that was what, great. What was that? <laughs> like, he's like, come he's on, man. What are you? That's doing? like some playground he's stuff, man. Like, don't do that. Like, that's stupid. That was, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, like, but but that's a good point. Though. And
1: we were talking about that a little bit yesterday. The difference between the Suns and the Timberwolves is the ability to have emotional intelligence and to not. Panic. Uh, not, not panic and, and not allow your teammates to panic. Yeah. Not allow the DeMarcus de- cousins who, by the way, I forgot was on the, uh, the Denver nuggets. You know, I, I don't watch yeah. a ton of Denver basketball. Uh, yeah. apparently neither do nuggets fans. Cause half the arena were Suns and, fans tonight. And you
3: know, with all like the 10 day contracts and everything,
1: it's kind of hard to keep track of all that. But he, he comes in off the bench and don't get me wrong. Like DeMarcus cousins, when you look at his statistics, he's been a solid addition to the uh, the Denver Nuggets, they've allowed he he's provided some semblance of depth uh, in his time there. He's played 22 games. This was his 23rd. He's averaging almost 10 points a game. Uh, he's averaging six rebounds a game. So he's somebody who is definitely uh, an addition and a productive addition to the team. But his temper that th- there's there a couple moments in there where not only was there the moment where he tried to you know he fake through the ball at Bismack Biombo, yeah. but the next possession he comes down he tries to draw a stupid offensive foul by just kind of throwing the ball up and be like, well, you hit me. And it's like right there (laughs) you can see it's like, oh, okay. All that celebrating you were doing earlier, Nuggets, much akin to the Timberwolves, is turning (laughs) into frustration. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, (laughs) Patrick Beverly. You know, so when you play with such emotion, and we know this as Suns fans because the Suns did the same thing for a long, long time as they played and allowed emotion to dictate their actions on the court. Emotions are, you can be very high and very low sometimes. And the Suns are just steady Eddie. And again, you see that in a fourth quarter in which they go out and they score 36 points on this Nuggets team while holding them to 24 points. And note that that 24 points for the Denver Nuggets in a game that there's 140 points scored by the suns and 130 by the denver nuggets that 24 was the only period by any team where somebody didn't score 30 because every other quarter both teams scored over 30 points and the suns just once again locked down and utilized the nuggets emotions against them in order to gain the victory
3: i swear i heard on the broadcast from the Nuggets' side that when they score like 120. Twenty, they're like twenty-one and zero.
1: Well, that ended tonight. I that
3: could be wrong on that, but I swear to God, I heard that. So,
1: well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring in another segment real quick. You know, hey, something we have done a couple times. Uh, we've been reaching out to some of our Jamsters and saying, "Hey, if you want to join the show, you can join us for the Jamsters React segment."
2: Jamsters React
1: us now is daniel glanville uh he was actually at the game tonight uh daniel can you hear us over
4: i can how are you guys doing what a great hey, game!
1: What's hey. up, Dan? how, you how are you doing how was the game and how was it being inside that arena this evening
4: oh my god it was almost as much energy as game four last year um just like i heard you guys just say it was a huge percentage suns fans and the number one jersey I would say was in there was Devin Booker, even above Jokic.
2: Yeah, wow. I saw a lot of Booker ones. Did, was there a Suns and Four chant that maybe I missed? Did they have that going was, on?
4: My section was started that because a guy was a uh, Nuggets guy was spouting off, oh. and uh, we kind of shut him up.
1: Yeah. Did any Phoenix Suns <laughs> fans assault any Denver Nuggets fans this evening?
4: Not that, I, except Devin Booker.
1: <laughs> oh. yeah. so so tell was, me about t- tell me a little bit about yourself i mean you do you live in denver and you're just a diehard phoenix suns fan or or what's your history with this team and, and this organization
4: i lived uh in phoenix until 90 from 76 to 91 wow. uh became a suns fan in 88 when we had that record turnaround with kj and tc and uh mark west and all those guys um, so I've been a fan since then and my, uh, and no matter how many times I've moved, my allegiance doesn't change. That's fantastic.
1: So were you, you were at the, the semifinals last year when the Suns ended up sweeping them and Nikolai Jokic got thrown out of the game.
4: Yes, I was That's me and fantastic. my daughter. That's fantastic.
0: It was, Raising it was, them it, right. We,
4: it was uh, it, the whole way out. It was just the, uh, the chant went the whole way out. You just gathered with all the crowd. And then outside the stadium, there was a couple, probably a couple hundred, maybe even a couple of thousand Suns fans just partying and hooping and hollering. Uh, Zane Zor started a dance party out there. And uh, we were all. What lives. happened to that guy? Yeah, where's that <laughs> guy I, I don't know. I, I, I see his tweets every once in a while, but I haven't seen him around.
1: <laughs> he just <Yes>. like disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it's like he took yeah. the season off. It was a lot for him last year. It's like. <laughs> right. So tell me you what know. it was like being in the building, watch Devin Booker go for 49 points and 10 assists on only 25
4: shots. And can I? Oh, have my your God. You know, I, I, um, me and my daughter were sitting there with our with our Devin Booker jerseys, and just we had posters, and just watch. I was I was really rooting for that fifty, um, yes. to be at a fifty, but forty nine and a win, I'll take it. it. It just so much energy. The team is just they play with so much heart and passion. And Booker, despite you know I love CP, but Booker is becoming the 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 leader of this team you can see it on the court thank you like like he could CP, he he could i'm not saying i don't want cp to to leave but i i legit think that we would be a top four seed without cp the way booker has taken over this team
1: it's funny i literally wrote a piece for bright side of the sun that was published this morning and i was talking about just that it's like the what the Suns have learned in the time without him has shown you over the last 15 games, you know, while they went 11 and four, what we've learned from him and how we, how life post CP three is something that we don't have to fear. And I think that's right. very important. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, looking at that game, knowing that you were uh, in the building, you know, just, I guess the last question I got before we we got to hand out the Jamstar, which I think everybody's going to kind of agree. What the, what the <laughs> pretty <laughs> unanimous? I don't know, man, not
4: according to ESPN. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you right. know, but uh, I totally he lost the play what my defense, was. right?
4: He does that that steal that and, and doesn't dunk make which, uh,
2: which steal, man? <laughs> what do you have like seven tonight? It's what a it like. block
1: wait, shots wait. like like Bill Russell.
4: <laughs> right. Oh my god.
1: Oh. Uh, but a, a fantastic game. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, you're on Twitter. You want to tell everyone who they should follow. You want you want you want to get some more followers out of this. <laughs>
4: uh, I, I I think it's uh, DM at DM Glanville.
1: Fantastic, and I can't thank you enough for supporting the pod and for w- being willing to come on, and hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, we truly appreciate you coming on, Dan, and we really do.
4: Ab- absolutely, love to do it anytime you guys want. Awesome.
1: Well, you have a safe drive Thanks, home, Dan. and uh, Be safe. Suns in four.
0: Sons in four. four, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, thanks, thanks to Daniel for joining us. Uh, it's awesome, awesome, you know. So that's I mean. what it's about, right?
2: Booker is the ultimate guy to really go into each arena to make sure he puts on a show for fans like that, for fans around the whole yes. NBA. That's why I hate these guys that try to take nights off. It's like because of him, guys like Dan can go to games and they get the experience, like we've seen the last two nights.
1: Yeah, there's no load management for Beautiful. those kind of guys. And it's the same thing with like CP3. And you know, one thing that you mentioned when you're talking about Chris Paul and I wrote this in my notes is think about what campaign did tonight. Campaigns had a has had uh had a great game last night, nine assists. Uh it was one of the things we actually missed out on. We were so high on all the other things that occurred. Uh and Matthew, you know, it was in your notes at the end, you're like campaign started the fourth quarter very nicely. You you look at what he what was asked of him tonight. Uh, 18 minutes. You know, this is a guy who's been getting 30 minutes a game uh, and has to adjust it. And he was coming in in very weird and odd substitution patterns because you could tell Monty Williams' goal was Chris Paul will not exceed 30 minutes tonight. And he mm-hmm. accomplished that goal almost. CP3 played 30 minutes and four seconds. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that was <laughs> the last minute. So Campaign had to come into this game and perform in a sporadic substitution pat- pattern And he did so very elegantly, I thought. Uh, He went four for seven from the field. He had nine points. He had five assists. And I think that in that limited time, he really showed us uh, his maturity and his willingness to, not not just his willingness, his ability to execute in the limited time he was allotted. Did you guys notice that?
3: Yeah, Suns Geek, you can go ahead. Numbers aren't everything, man. That's all I got to say. I mean, this guy is just coming here. Mm-hmm. And I think he said the word confidence and just, you know, kind of like how I was saying with Devin Booker, like he's learning from Chris Paul each and every single day. Even before Chris Paul got here, he learned a little bit from Ricky Rubio. Because remember, they were in you know, the NBA bubble and everything. True. So, and I, th- I think, I honestly think just him being humbled, you know, for him having to go overseas and everything. But this season, it feels like most, like 90% of the time when we needed him, he stepped up. Even if the numbers aren't really there each and every single night, you know, campaign's been there. And I mean, this is a high compliment. He has been our backup quarterback that we've needed. And just a guy to be out there running the offense, passing the ball, hustling and playing with passion, man. Campaign's been great.
2: Yeah. And you said numbers don't really matter, but the numbers he's going to get when he gets paid is going to be a lot because he's earned it. He's already known that. I mean, he knows that now that's in the back of his mind. He knows he's earned it. He's been playing well. And now you can count on him. even these last nine games. It's like, so we're probably not going to rest everybody, not take a night off. But campaign could still fill in those minutes. And like you said, it's very selfless of him. You know, it is Chris Paul, right? But to go from the guy who was leading this team on this this six-game win streak before tonight and in place of Chris Paul, and then all of a sudden you have to go to the bench and play your like 20 minutes or so, even if that – it's probably very, very hard for him because he knows he can hang. He knows he can be that guy now. But him playing beside Chris Paul or beside um, Devin Booker. Oh, there got some orbs over there, John.
1: I got to fly like your like, house him is haunted.
2: <laughs> him, and, him and Devin Booker. I mean, we see it all over Twitter now. You know, this is the future point guard of the Phoenix Suns. I, I really feel it. And I think he knows it. this guy is not going to go anywhere. Uh, of course, when the playoffs come, we know what he can do there. But he's already proved like he's gonna get a lot of money, man, because he is that good at the point guard position.
1: Well, and at the same time, it was very prudent by James Jones to extend him and to extend Mikhail Bridges. Both of those contracts that they did at the beginning of the season uh are looking fantastic, looking like genius moves right now, you know, bringing in campaign. I, I I forget what how long his contract was. I think it was two or three years uh, for like 10 mil a year and, you know, doing what he did to get Mikael Bridges to stay. I mean, you have a potential defensive player of the year under contract for the next, does his contract even kick in this season? I think it's next season, right? Because I was just going to look
2: it up right now, actually, yeah. because I, I didn't even know.
3: And with what that. these guys get paid, that's a really good contract. It's an amazing contract, mm-hmm.
1: considering what he does on both ends of the floor. Yeah, six, got, mil, 6.5 for the next yeah, six, three years. For the next three years for campaign. Including a, this
2: year, the next two years.
1: Okay, now look up Mikael Bridges. What's his contract? When does it kick in is my question. Because oh, I know okay. it's, it, it was a, a rookie extension, but generally it starts next season. So four years starting next season, right, Suns Geek? Am I wrong? Uh,
3: yeah, sorry, I was, was muting because the dogs were making noises. Yeah, <laughs> four
1: years, ninety million. <laughs> And I want to say it's fully
3: guaranteed, but yeah, it should start next year. Yeah, it looks like it's fully guaranteed. So
1: what a steal those contracts are. And again, short-term greed, long-term greed. If long-term greed, you want to trade any of those players, those are very tradable contracts as well. So I'm not saying you want to, but again, you always have to think in that business sense. Uh, One thing I was doing a little bit earlier, Suns Geek, is I was letting Matthew and the Jamsters know that I spent a lot of time during this game in the Denver Nuggets subreddit. Just yeah. kind of analyzing their comments as the game occurred. And my favorite one of the entire night, there's like 1.7 thousand, or, or there's 1,700 comments in that thread. Uh, it says Austin Rivers with 19 stellar cardio minutes tonight, which I thought was hysterical because Austin hmm. Rivers uh, look like shit. Uh, you know, zero <laughs> points. Uh, one three point attempt, three personal fouls, trying to get into it with Booker. Try, yeah, trying to get under his skin, trying to do all or just a little bit little of trick. contact from Booker, and of course, yes. took it personally. Yes, and trust me, there was plenty of, uh, you know, Devin Booker's getting every call kind of comments in the Denver sub Reddit. And at the same time, like I said early in the game on, on Twitter, I was like, Devin Booker's getting whistles, like, I. It was weird to see him actually get whistles tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Everyone put their money down on Booker to win MVP, I think, a few games ago. Now, this is when you start giving them the calls. So, you put your money down. Now he's going to get all those points. He's going to get all the wins. He's going to get the
1: MVP trophy.
2: It's going to happen.
1: Okay. Keep open. I, Matthew, I know it's the only bet you've ever made. On, <laughs> I uh, know. That's a, what on, on, I want my $500, <laughs>
4: Jam star of the game.
1: I forgot to ask you, Matthew. Do you have anything else in your notes that we might have missed?
2: Ah, uh, let me check. Actually, um, Bianbo, dude, doing the dirty work in the fourth. He came yeah. out just. Knocking people around, jumping on the I was floor. thinking
3: about that too. I was like, he gets he's underappreciated, man, especially on the Suns team. Just even if it is just a fourth quarter little Not performance the, like yeah. that,
1: you know.
2: In the playoffs, he's gonna play such a oh, big yeah. role. Oh Absolutely.
1: And you know what? We won't again. underappreciate him here on the Suns mm-hmm. jam session. Podcast.
0: Fizz. Fizz.
1: Oh there you go. That's for you, busy. Mm-hmm. Way to hold it down in the fourth. Play some of that defense, baby. Anything else from your notes that we might have missed?
2: No, I mean he almost got hit. Demarcus Cousins gonna hit a guy that just spent a whole check to build a hospital in the. You know what? Are, what are <laughs> you doing, dude? Cousin, you're such a right. piece of that, shit. That, that's all I got from my notes. Okay,
1: that's all you got. Well, I think we can all agree it's Devin Booker, yep. Devin Big Dick Booker for the Jam Star of the Game, and that brings <laughs> us to what's upcoming on the schedule. You know, you take a look. Uh, The Suns are coming back home. They play the 76ers, 3 o'clock Arizona time on Sunday. And then after that, they have to play the Golden State Warriors and then the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. Those are – these are three tough games. That's why I think it's – as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it was paramount in my opinion that the Phoenix Suns won this game to get to 60 because now if they win three of their last nine games, they set the franchise record for most wins in a Phoenix Suns season. But, man, is that game going to be fun on, on Sunday? The MVP narrative, the MVP award could be awarded on that night. Do you gentlemen agree, especially considering Devin Booker just pushed Nikola Jokic to the side and goes, hey, I'm on the best team in the in the NBA. Look what I'm doing in crunch time against the MVP. And now Joel Embiid. So tell me about the 76ers. Uh, what are you guys thinking? And are... Do we have to get the Phoenix Suns fans ready for the fact that the Sixers are going to be shooting a ton of free throws and James Harden is so annoying to watch?
2: Oh, I think we all know that, right? Um, the, what I, it's the same thing. I'm looking forward to this game as this last game. It's just the MVP race. And, um, wait, did I mention that the MVP thing? Did we talk, did we go over that enough? Already? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but do you have any money on that by chance, Matthew? <laughs> oh, I might win a couple bucks. Um, so in this game, I'm actually, you know, the Devin Booker thing is great. And I knew that, like, Aiden would take Jokic out of the game and then Booker could just do his thing and, you know, have the numbers and overcome Jokic and the Nuggets. They would get the win. This one, though, it's like, I don't know how Aiden will fare against Embiid and how that's going to work out. But I mm-hmm. think Booker has this game in him. If he can get this game down to where they can win, like they did the last these last two games and get the stats, uh, cruise to victory with the last five minutes Embiid and Harden aren't talking to each other, all that shit's going on. Then that's good. Whatever happens after that, I think the rest of the season, I think there'll be some more wins, of course, for the Suns. But this is the biggest game, I think, to show whether or not Booker is a real MVP candidate.
3: I'll just say this. I mean, you got to prove it in the playoffs, too, if you're going to win MVP. Just saying. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, too. But I'm just – that just was in the back of my head when you guys were talking. But – It's going to be a tough game. The only thing about the Sixers, in my opinion, is I don't trust their bench at all. You know, so even if James Harden and Joel Embiid are getting to the free throw line every five minutes, I don't trust their bench. So I think the Suns will have a great shot in this game. But our schedule is kind of tough coming up. I mean, yeah, the Warriors have been struggling as of late. Curry's probably out for like, what, the rest of the season or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, they're still a really good team. As long as they have Draymond or even Clay, they're still going to be contenders in some way, shape, or form. And. They're a really well-managed team, but they have been struggling, but that Memphis Grizzlies team, they, let me just say this, Desmond Bain, in 24 minutes tonight, had 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, and he missed three shots. That team is deep. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a really good player, and it's going to be tough, so I'm glad the Suns got their 60th win. I know we're going to get the franchise record. It just, might take a little time
1: (laughs) yeah so the Sixers just to give everyone kind of an understanding of who this team is know that they're a team that on February 8th the Phoenix Suns beat 114 to 109 they're a team that if you look at their uh their ratings they're 13th in offensive rating 10th in defensive rating and have a net rating that's 12th in the league so by those advanced metrics they're a pretty average team you know they're 45 and 22nd or or, I'm sorry, 45 and 27, which is second in the Eastern Conference. And they've, you know, had their, they've been playing better since James Harden became a member of the team, Uh, but they still definitely have their faults and have their uh, vulnerabilities. And I think that as we mentioned earlier, Matthew, when we talked about how Devin, or I'm sorry, DeAndre Ayton, plays that physical annoying kind of defense against Nikola Jokic that takes him out of the game necessarily in that in the, in that fourth quarter, the same is true with Joel Embiid and the Phoenix Suns are deep. And I think that that's a valid point by Suns geek. The most annoying thing about the Warriors will just be the fans because even if if you beat them, it's, Oh, well, we didn't have Steph Curry. If you don't beat them, they're like, Oh, you guys suck. We didn't have Steph Curry. Like you can't win that argument. (laughs) Yeah. And and what's interesting about Warriors fans is whenever that game's over, if you're a jamster who likes to watch along live on YouTube, come join us because they'll show up and be in our chat. They're yeah. They're, yeah. they're 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 pesky little sons of bitches. They were, they're like they were. I was tonight. <laughs> I was I was in the the Denver Nuggets. I wasn't commenting, but I was just observing. Uh, they're trolls for sure. The Memphis game is going to be the big one that I really just want to see how we stack up against that team. As as Suns Geek mentioned, not only are they a talented team, they're a deep team, yeah. and it's a team you have to respect. So knowing that the Phoenix suns have locked up the number one seed. You could see, you you could have 20 different narratives entering that game. One of those could be the Suns are really, they're they're not going to start any of the starters. They're going to take a game off. They don't want to show Memphis anything that, that potentially that could happen or knowing that this Phoenix suns team, they're like, we're here to we're world beaters. And we're going to take them on. So it's going to be
3: like enter the game until the fourth quarter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, know, but it's 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 a fun week of Suns basketball ahead. A highly competitive week of Suns basketball ahead, uh, coming off of two fantastic victories. As I asked Matthew at the beginning of the podcast, I'll ask you uh, the same question, Suns geek. Was this the most satisfying road trip victories? in the history of the Phoenix Suns,
3: or just this? Season. That's a hard question to answer. So dramatic. I feel like we've had some pretty good road victories this season. I think we're a, we're going to be a historically good road team. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think all things said, especially with Chris Paul being out and Cameron Johnson and all that, I, I would say yes. Now, in the history of the
1: Phoenix Suns, I'd have to do some homework for that, but definitely. This, I know, right? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a loaded question. We got a super oh.
3: chat, by the way. You guys did. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. Thomas Donette, he says he he just dropped $5 in the Super Chat. He's an elite champster, so he gets that exclusive content that we throw out there. He says, who's joining me for a beer? or who's joining me on Sunday for at the game for a beer. So I guess Thomas is going to be there. So, hey, guys, get with Thomas. If you're going to be in the Philly area to go or, or well, it's, not, it's at home. Holy shit. I might come down there. I, really I know. It feels like we're game. still on the road, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. yeah, it does. If I win
2: my MVP bet, then I can pay for those tickets.
1: <laughs> no shit. It's like 200 bucks a ticket in the upper bowl right now. It's freaking ridiculous. Now, I got to ask you this question. at The Philly game, I know that you have a good relationship with Romp 2.0. He's a Philly sure. guy. Uh, are you guys going to be doing anything special for that game?
3: That's still up in the air. I actually don't know, but I I was thinking about going live. It's kind of a tradition for him and I to do it. But, yeah, it's it's usually just him and I going live. So if the Sixers and Suns somehow ever make the finals against each that's, other, it's going to be insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be good content. And, you know, one thing that I I do like about Romp is – you know he's a respectable fan. He's not a Warriors fan. Warriors fans have, they lose all logic. Romp looks at basketball the way that we kind of look at basketball. He tells it how ball. it is too. Exactly. Man. Shout, shout out to my
3: what... guy Philly take with RB as well. He does a great job covering the Sixers, and he's a cool guy too. So yeah. Shout so out to him, man.
1: not not all Philly fans are shitty. Yes. That's exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm mm-hmm. telling you, Jamsters. So. And- uh,
3: sorry to interrupt you, John before Philly take with RB made this incredible video about the narrative and the national media and Stephen A. Smith and all them. And he was speaking. I went nuts when he made that video. And just if you guys are big fans of the national media and sports center, all that, just don't let these guys fool you. Okay. That's all I got to say. Nice. Okay. I got to see this.
1: Now I got to see this video. Oh, yeah, I'll give it the, to you. It's incredible. Yeah, send it to me. I'll put I'll the link it. in the description for those of you who are watching on YouTube so we can all yes. get together and watch that. So uh, on that note, Jamsters, again, thank you to Suns Geek for joining us live here for <laughs> the post-game show. Hopping on not only Suns Geek, but his dogs as well. Uh, I didn't hear him once, so you did a great <laughs> job <laughs> muting I either. Ooh, yeah, so well done. Ask you guys if you heard him. <laughs> no, no, you're guys. good. So go ahead. Tell everyone. I mean, uh, all of our Jamsters know who you are, but <clears> tell <throat> anyone who's new to the program where they can follow you and and... and Uh, absorb the amazing content that you put forth
3: well thank you so much guys for always just having me on Uh, spontaneously i might add i appreciate it (laughs) once again if anybody did hear my dogs i sincerely apologize but yeah uh, check me out suns geek on youtube just search suns geek and you'll find me always making you know phoenix suns videos i try to do the live streams but you guys are the goats when it comes to the lot post game live streams and all that but when the playoffs start i'm going to be trying to go live for each and every single game Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Always great having you, Suns Geek. Yes, sir. Uh, Make sure, Jamsters, you follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. i Matthew Lissy. And we will see you Sunday after the Suns play the Sixers. Until then, have a fantastic evening.
2: Mm, Go home and love your family. And bet.
1: Bet on your family. My five hundred.